We are giving you now the official names for position of president. First name is that of uh, President Cyril Ramaphosa. The second one is that of Dr. Zolini Mkise. At conference itself, there will be an opportunity for delegates to nominate from the floor. Will the NEC be dominated by men? I think hardly. The challenges that face the ANC today from a point of view of discipline within the members of the ANC themselves. I mean, the ANC is at its weakest. Yes. I humbly accept the nomination. Welcome to the second installment of ANC Decide City Press's podcast leading to the ANC December conference. Last week we had discussed who is who in the top six and today we are joined by City Press Editor-in-Chief Mondi Makanya and with him we are going to be discussing the outcomes of the conference and how it's going to influence or rather the implications of it into the 2024 election year. Welcome only. Thank you. Last week you had already in your column, you had already touched on the caliber of the top six, right? And some of the people that would are likely going to make it into the the NEC, right? So we will get into that um, later. So whatever happens in the ANC conference obviously does affect what happens in the country because they are currently the the ruling party, right? But I think what we have seen in the local government elections has already given us quite a bit of a window of what is likely to happen even in the the national elections, right? What can we read if, you know, uh, when we come out of the of the conference, uh, whoever emerges, whether it's it's serial, uh, now we kind of like get the idea that it might be him or it's William Kiza. What are the implications of this conference into the 2024 elections? Well, I think if we can just start with the implications of the past conferences mm. on the country, but particularly the two, kind of like the three most recent ones. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the 2007 conference in Bulugwane, and it was that conference that got Jacob Zuma mm. elected president of the ANC and then opened the way for him to become president of the mm. Republic in 2009. Yeah. And the character of the person in the leadership yeah. and also those around him, whether it's a top, in the top six or, or in the broader NEC, but particularly the character of the person at the top was a very, a very flawed person, mm. a very corrupt person, and a person who was hardly had any competencies for any kind of leadership. Mm. And it gave the country what we got between 2009 and 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Those implications were very real and far-reaching because it literally devastated the country mm. for close to a decade. And then we moved to the NASA conference in 2017. And that conference was so critical. It was going to be about do we continue on the same path that we had been on as a country? Does the ANC continue on the same path? And then give the country yet another period of that devastation. So South Africa survived by a sliver at the ANC conference because then we got a president who was then able to reverse some of the worst things that had happened not as quickly as we all would have liked, but then had Nkosa Zanatla Minizuma 
got elected, and yeah. she would have probably, the, she and the people around her would have continued a lot of the agenda of the previous Jacob Zuma government. Mm. And therefore, so that was, it was important that for the country that it does not go in that, in that direction. So now we come to this year's conference. Um, and it has as much implication because should it go in a direction where some of the people who were taken out, who lost out in Nazrek now come in, does the country go into reverse mode? Do you go back to that or not? And then should Ramaphosa continue? Does he continue an agenda of reform or does he continue doing nothing as he has done mostly mm. in mm. the past five years? So going into 2024, it's going to be about, firstly, it's the electability of the, the ANC. Ramaphosa does still carry mm. a lot of support outside of the ANC. So people who are not necessarily ANC members would feel more, much more comfortable voting for him than, mm. than other leaders in the ANC. And then... Secondly, in tw should the, the ANC kind of like still remain the majority party in 2024, um, after the 2024 elections, what sort of other coalition partner will be attracted to the person who is at the leadership of the ANC? So those will be major considerations going mm. forward. And then just thirdly, what does the private sector how does the private sector look at the person who comes in? Is that person kind of going to be attractive to investment? Is that person going to be attractive to stability, to economic stability in the country, etc.? I mean, obviously, we've seen that there is uh, quite a lot of support for Ramaphosa within the ANC. And, you know, obviously, there's still like the RET, the small group that, that is against him. So it's likely that he's probably going to emerge as, as, as the president. He's going to be the face of, of the ANC um, going into the elections. But, you know... You speak about out there are people who still support him outside of the ANC. Who would, but would you say that in the five years that he has been at the helm of the country and at the helm of the party, of course we have seen major changes. Uh, we have even in the state, but even in the ANC, where you know we've seen your Ace Mahashule out in the cold and you know, the, the sort of no unity even within the ART. But has he done a lot? to cleanse the image of the party. I mean, now there are also things on him, the palapala and all of those things. Do you think that, you know, if he's on the ballot paper, despite the love that he got before, is, is he like the right candidate that people would, would still choose him or trust him? I don't think in recent history, whether it's here or elsewhere in the world, you'll have found somebody who was able to waste so much political capital as Cyril Ramaphosa mm. did. You know, when he came into when he won the presidency of the ANC in December 2017 and then became president of the Republic in February of the following year and delivered that speech in Parliament that mm. got the whole country Too excited. Mm. And there was so much hope and so much belief in him and so much of the feeling that we're over the worst and yeah. that would put the worst behind us. And people actually ex expected him to move very fast on many things. And he didn't. 
he moved very slowly in basically consolidating his support within the ANC. He decided to be nice to his foes and try and play this fake unity thing mm. while his foes were actually out there with their knives stabbing him. And that basically weakened him to no end. Then secondly, just in terms of doing reforms within the state, he actually also moved very slowly on issues such as, you know, in the economy. There's so much more he could have done to push the agenda around power generation, for yeah. instance. I mean, he had the power to do that, and the nation wanted him to do that. Yes, there were people within his own organization who didn't want that movement quickly. The liberalization of the economy and all sorts of things that are there, which are contained in the National Development Plan and in ANC policies, things that he could have actually pushed, that are part of government policy. Mm. Yeah, he could have pushed much faster. Can go on about education and so on and so on, but the, what he did over the past five, five years, six years now, I think we're moving towards, was that he basically just sat back and wanted to be a nice, lovable yeah. uncle. Yeah. And that is not how you govern a country. So in going forward, let's say he does win. And, you know, there are some who believe that some kind of miracle can still happen and it, and it doesn't win. But the likelihood by the, by the looks yeah. of things is that he will get a second term as ANC president and therefore a second term as the president of the country, depending on how the coalitions line up. Mm. Unfortunately, I think we'll have another five years of nothingness again because I do not see him rocking the boat in his second term as ANC president. He will be a lot weaker at that point because the margin of his party's win will be a lot less. Mm. So unfortunately, I think the country might just be herded for yet another few years of drift mm. where nothing mm. big happens until such time that something new emerges that actually changes the power balance. Mm. So, Africa. I mean, Ramaphosa really had fertile ground um, and he could have done a lot because he had support from all over, even opposition parties when he came in. I mean, the EFF, mm. who are largely against anyone from the ANC, supported him. He had a lot yes. of support even in parliament. But, I mean, I, like you say, he wasted, he wasted that within his party. He wasted that within the state. I mean... Currently now we still have a vacancy of a a vacancy in his in his cabinet um, of uh, Ayanda Rodo who left many <laughs> many <laughs> months ago and you are wondering why are you taking so much yeah. time you know and Tulas uh, Tulas Ngesi is now juggling two portfolios which which are very very important you know so like I think like you say he mm. he had a lot of support but he threw he threw that away exactly and and he has done that with many I mean like did it, the, this vacancy that he has failed to fill, has, it's not the first one. I mean, yeah. like the others that he just sat back and said, look, I'm just going to let things drift a bit. And then, But when you are in charge, you're in power, and you are unchallenged at that particular point, you are the president of the, of the republic. Mm. It is your prerogative to appoint whoever you want to appoint. Why sit back? Exactly. And, yeah. Yeah. and then... One thing that you do have to give him credit for is the criminal justice system. Yeah. And I think there he actually did move. Yes, we would have all been much happier if the arrests that we've started to see now had started to happen earlier, that you have the 
the trials of all the bad people from the, from our past starting to happen. But in fixing the institutions of the the National Prosecuting Authority, getting the Hawks to basically start functioning properly again, um, he has gone a long way. But it's not it's not totally fixed yet. There's still lots and lots of work to be done to be done in cleaning the those institutions. But at least you know that the, these are now institutions that operate independently. They are not political tools, although some would disagree. Mm. But to the to anyone looking in, actually those institutions are now, are now functioning. The South African police, unfortunately, I don't know if that's ever going to be fixable. Yeah. And that and that is the thing that affects all of us. And I think there, again, there was a need to move very fast in fixing the top brass of the SAPS so that the rest could also be fixed. Mm. So the party is going into this conference under the you know, a renewal, you know, um, strengthening the ANC. You, you can speak with whichever uh, uh, faction. They will all say if the ANC is united and we come back uh, united and uh, we renew ourselves, we cleanse uh, the party of foreign elements. I don't know which foreign elements <laughs> they speak of um, because, you know, some of these elements are innate in the party. Um, do you think between... The, the, when the top six is announced and the NEC of the ANC is announced on the 20th of December until 2024, is there something drastic that the ANC can do for a voter in 2024 to say, let's give this party another chance. Um, you spoke earlier that, you know, something that there might be a miracle that Ramaphosa might not win. Do you think that there might be a miracle that this party can cleanse itself? Because over and over again, it has spoken about cleansing itself mm. and, and all of those things. You know, um, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know, you know, you get those guys on rubbish bin collection, collection day, who go around the bins trying to get whatever edible food perhaps they can find. And some people go to the landfills hoping that they're going to find something that they can eat because they're so desperate. Mm. I'm afraid that anyone who believes that the ANC, that they'll get anything out of the ANC is actually thinking like those people. Yes, you might get some food there that's better than the other food, but actually the party is rotten, mm. the whole thing. And mm. it is not, in my view, it is not fixable. Khalima Mutlante has said this before, and other people have said it, that the only way the ANC can ever cleanse itself is when it's out of power. Yeah. As long as the ANC is holding the reins of power and and it is able to, to basically dish out patronage and control tenders and that it will remain dirty. And it has so many people within its ranks and in the immediate environment, the tenderpreneurs and business people who are who hang around there who are just simply dirty. You only have to look at some of the people as well who the ANC has mm. elected to high serving positions in, the, in this year's conferences yeah. at regional, provincial and so on. There's no sense of morality in the ANC. There are those people who are exceptions, of yeah. course, but the party is deeply infected and it cannot be cured, unfortunately. Mm. So are you saying that the outcomes of this conference are likely 
not going to have that much of, of an influence in, in the people going out to vote in 2024. I mean, I was saying earlier, we've seen with the local government elections already, you know, KZN was hammered. The ANC mm. was hammered there. And we are seeing with the by-elections as well, you know, that way it's it's losing support in some of the places or way it is gaining support. It's really not that much, you know. So how do you then foresee us handling um, coalition uh, government in national at, at national level, particularly with what we have seen in at local, in, at local level? Can mm. we afford that instability? No, I think, okay, to, to start with your, your, the, the first part of your question, I think what works for the ANC, what it has going for it, is that fact that some people are still very yeah. emotionally attached. And so that's what will keep it basically in the late 30s to early 40s, mm. yeah, in the next election. Um, and, and then also, it also does control the state apparatus. Um, it has gotten into people's heads that that the social grants that they are mm. receiving, they are not receiving from the government, yeah. from the state, they're receiving from the ANC. Mm. So a lot of those people will still go and vote for the ANC because the ANC is able to very, very cleverly during election time send out yeah. those fear messages <laughs> about the things that you are going to lose and the return of apartheid and so on. And those things, unfortunately, they do work to a certain extent <laughs> during election time. So so the ANC will be there. I, I mean, and I think, as I said, late 30s to early 40s, I doubt very much above 40. But anyway, so then it goes into co whoever comes in will go, people will go into coalitions. And I think it's going to be a very unstable period. I think we should brace ourselves for five years of chaos, at least as a country. Um, you did point out that we've seen what's happening at local government election. Very, very shortly after the swearing in of councils and new governments, the other party starts to plot mm. to remove mm. this one. And in the big metros, um, the three Gauteng ones, as well as the one in, in Nelson Mandela Bay, um, yeah, it's Nelson Mandela Bay, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Nelson Mandela, Mandela Bay. Bay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, like what you have seen there in, in, in all of those is that the party outside of power is not interested. The, the parties outside of power are not interested in helping mm. the party in power function. They see their task as to weaken the party in power, mm. weaken governance, so that they can get in. And that's not the role of opposition. Mm. The role of opposition is actually to hold people to account. But actually, you want people, you want governance to work. You want the people to be served, but and not to sabotage. So now, can you imagine? when you now escalate that to national the level. provincial and national levels, the levels of instability, and there you've got humongous budgets, humongous responsibilities on the part of the people who are supposed to do things. So we are going to go through a very, very rocky period unless there's some kind of national truce among parties that, guys, we cannot go on this way, especially if the coalition arrangement is going to go to the national 
stage mm. because that will now be the ruination of South Africa. Mm. And we know what's happened with the downgrades that we've had in the past and now, but like the ratings agencies will also be looking at that very thing that can we actually trust this government that's in that's sworn in in May 2024, for instance, um, to be still be in power in, in, in June, yeah, June, exactly. <laughs> and mm. who are you talking to? Who, who can you make long term deal, long term deals with, and so on? And unfortunately, in South Africa, once we've also politicized our public service, so. Within the ANC, people when DGs when, when when ministers come in and they don't like this DG, then they remove that DG and and so on, and then that that affects the entire public service. Now, can you imagine when that happens when it's different parties now coming in? Mm. And so you mm. just think we're going to be headed for a very rocky road, and an intervention will have to be made before 2024 if we are to avoid that. Mm. I mean, the DA has already introduced a, a, a member's bill, uh, you know, to say, mm. let's look at this and have legislation that will govern these collusions to avoid exactly what you are talking about. But, you know, like you say, uh, in, instead of parties coming together for the betterment of the country, because it's sponsored by the DA, other people might not mm. might not want to support it. But just to wrap up, uh, Mundli, what, what are your predictions uh, when the results are announced on the 28th of December? On the spot, she is putting me. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, I think of at the top, I think Ramaphosa will retain it mm -hmm. mm, unless something really dramatic happens. Um, there's this report that's coming out yeah. from this oh. panel that could very feasibly disrupt his his campaign for a second term, mm. his chances of a second term. So that's not ruled it out, and his people who are against him within the party will want to use that against him. So that's, it is possible that it doesn't. But if things being the way they are, he will mm. retain it. The margin will not be as large as what we saw in the nominations. I think Zulim yeah. Kize is going to make up a lot of ground. And definitely Paul Mashadile will come in. As deputy. As, as, as deputy. And if I now am dangerous ground, and I think that Dumiseni Nduli will get the Secretary General job. And the only other one that I'm prepared to, <laughs> to, no, no, not the only one. I think Stan Matabata will definitely become yeah, chair. Sure. Yeah, and then the, then the other one, I think, will be Nomvula at, mm. at DSG. The others, I think it's a, it's way too tight to make yeah. a call on those ones. Do you think we'll ever arrive at a point where, as, as the media and just society in general, where we are not preoccupied by the politics of the ANC and their conferences? I wish, it would get, I wish we would get to that point because what it does... Our, pre our preoccupation with the politics of the ANC and the drama in the ANC and the throat slitting and so on precludes us from actually reporting on governance. Mm. There is so much happening in the governance of the country that basically just gets overtaken where we could be able to hold power to account. We could be interacting with agencies such as 
Auditor General's office and many others that basically where there's there is so much news that we could actually be doing from there. But but the political temperature and the political speed and the high octane stuff of encephalitis is, is so much that we cannot keep our eye on the ball. And unfortunately, it's going to keep going that way. I blame us, but I also blame the people. Yeah. The consumers of news also love they that love stuff. That. And we actually, and we, and we, are just we have to feed it. Feed I mean, it. you cannot be asking the Commodores to sing new music now. <laughs> they must continue singing their greatest hits. Yeah. Thank you so much, Monty, for joining us uh, at ANC Decides, hoping that our listeners are going to enjoy your, your insights. Join us again next week for our third uh, installment of our podcast. See you next time. Thank you.